Hello, and welcome to the Innovate IPM podcast, where we are passionate about the future of the industrial projects professions, presenting you the best of project management, people, and practices, combining the wisdom of time-tested methods with the cutting-edge technologies and advancements that are modernizing our craft. Our mission is to contribute to the growth and progress of the industrial project management community. It's time to talk scope, schedule, and budget. Let's start the show. I am very excited about my guest today. Uh, I consider him a mentor of mine. I've taken part of his training courses, and uh, we have kept up ever since. And his, uh, his wisdom that he has bestowed upon me has affected my career in nothing but positive ways. So it's always good to talk to Mr. Harvey Welker. Harvey has 40 years of experience as an estimator. Harvey's seen it all. He's got a master's degree in engineering from Dartmouth, which is pretty impressive. Fun fact, Dr. Seuss, Robert Frost, and Mindy Kaling all went to Dartmouth. Uh, Harvey is almost as famous as his big green alumni in the industrial project cost estimating world. Before we get into the interview, I just want to touch on uh, a few things. So if you haven't done so already, go to our website, www.innovateipm.com. Everything's coming together really nicely. So if this is your first time hearing us or you're just now uh, kind of jumping on board or you've been here since episode zero, you know that we're at the very beginning of everything. These are the first few episodes of the podcast. The website now has the first blog post. Um, We're working on our first training course. We're working on things that uh, hopefully benefit you, benefit uh, your career or your business in the industrial projects world. And we're working very hard to get it up and going. So please take a look, get involved, get on the email list so you can stay in touch with us and what we've got coming up. Um, You can find me in Innovate IPM on LinkedIn. You can find Innovate IPM on Facebook and Instagram as well. YouTube's coming. We're going to put together some videos uh, uh, and and hopefully soon start videoing the podcast. And um, and yeah, yeah. So hopefully this is valuable to the entire community. And if it is valuable, uh, these do take money, time and effort to put together. Uh, If you'd like to tip us or support us in any kind of way, you can do so at Patreon. Go to Patreon and look for Innovate IPM. You'll find us just in the search bar, and there you can support us financially, okay? So if we're worth it to you, that's where you can help us do that. An announcement, we got uh, the AACE Houston Gulf Coast Section Project Controls Symposium coming up. The theme this year is the cutting edge of project controls. This is going to be an exciting one. November 1st through the 2nd at the University of Houston Hilton. I am on the project planning committee and uh, I'm the program manager uh, in partnership with the program chair, Cesar Ramos. If you listen to the last episode, that was me and Cesar talking to one another. Um, We do talk on this topic as well. Uh, But we're looking for speakers. We need speakers who can come out and uh, do 
technical presentations. We're looking for owner and contractor panelists. And we may still be looking for keynote speakers. So if you or someone you know uh, would fit into that description, please get a hold of me at info at innovateipm.com. That's the best way to do it. Along those same lines, if you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, do you have some special insight to provide some sort of uh, experiences that you'd like to share, some sort of um, maybe you're looking towards the future of projects like we are, or maybe you've got some time-tested wisdom that's going to uh, that's going to last forever, and you want to share that. Uh, same thing, right? Get a hold of me on info at innovateipm.com, and I'll be happy to uh, get you on. So, okay. Well, enough of all that. Let's uh, uh, let's talk to Harvey. So here's me and Harvey talking about what we do best: project cost estimating. On with the show. Okay, good. Well, I'm Harvey Welker. I'm a capital cost estimator, estimator, and uh, I also do a lot of training. And, and I, I write the uh, the courses for Aspen. They're asked the training courses, and folks uh, call me up from time to time. And I also provide training. So the way I got into this is that I. Uh, well, let's see, I came out of Dartmouth College with a master's degree in engineering. I went to work for Sun Oil and I had a lot of, uh, I was in a mechanical group, uh, did some construction and uh, Sun Oil was kind of putting me through a management team, a management process uh, where they were educating me, sending me through the various uh, uh, groups, learning the, the disciplines. And I found when I got into project controls that you didn't have to relocate and travel like the people in construction. You just went out to the construction site. So that's how I kind of settled in to the project controls and got into estimating, of course, through that that um, in project controls. And, and I've worked for a chemical company, FMC, a couple of contractors. And then about 20 years ago, I decided I'd go out on my own. I was quite fortunate as being the first folks who went out into consulting for uh, the ICARIS at that time, and of course, now it's capital cost estimator. I was kind of, uh, actually, I was the first person to go into consulting, just at the, had just, just some dumb luck. That was when uh, the personal computers came out and I could put the system under my arm and travel from office to office. So that's how I got into this business. Nice. Yeah, very cool. And you said your academic background was in what again? In engineering. I have a master's degree in engineering. So. Oh, okay, fantastic. And where'd you go to college? Uh, Dartmouth College. Dartmouth. A great engineering school, so I was fortunate enough to go there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, uh, how has how has industrial estimating changed over your career? So you've been at this as an estimator, you said, for you said 20 years as a consultant, and, and how many years as an estimator? Oh, I've probably been doing this for about 40 years now. 40 years. So lots of things have changed over that time period. Yes, that's right. Yeah. What were some of the more significant things? Well, I mean, obviously the computer has changed estimating, but what I, what has is most dramatic is that uh, when I started out, 
uh, you didn't have these vast databases that we now have. Uh, we used to have to either go to a library or the oil company would you know, keep uh, volumes of books and so forth about uh, not only estimating standards, but engineering standards. I just was the other day I was uh, at a, a job where I was uh, we were putting in some lines in the refinery, some offsite lines, big lines and so forth. And they wanted, and so they told me they wanted to uh, put in stopples of various uh, techniques and so forth. So I went on the internet and I could find about 20 different ways to put in a stopple with right. YouTube videos. So yeah, the I, videos. Yeah, the videos. It's they're fantastic. And uh, and and for the training courses, uh, I put in uh, well, what is a motor control center, and I could go on YouTube and show the students what a motor control is. When I was starting out, it was just a, it just was an MCC or some words that I had no, no idea what people were talking about when I was a young engineer. And even if you go up to the refinery, or the chemical plant, you just see a big box out there. Right. Uh, with uh, with on the internet, the ability to educate yourself is just fantastic. So I think that's been the most. Uh, other than everybody knows, of course, the tool, uh, the computer is a great tool, but the but the internet is is the most impressive thing, and and that I've seen as far as being able to educate yourself. Both Just in the in proliferation of information out there. In fact, uh, people like when a vendor would come or a fabricator would come, he would be very proprietary. You'd ask about information about how this worked and and you know how they put their piece of equipment together and all that they were very proprietary now now somebody told me what what was once proprietary people put on the internet and you can fish down through and navigate down through all their information so it's amazing what people are, are willing to share over the internet that in when they when they had bound books you they, they wouldn't let you even take a look at the cover so it, it is absolutely amazing that, that's the most impressive thing that i Many, many things have enhanced our industry, but but that is, I think, the greatest. Yeah, and, and you're right too. There's there's a lot of free information out there of what used to be uh, probably tightly held by the people who created that in information. Right. Uh, yeah, and I think I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think um, I think it's going to be interesting too to see how far that goes um, that we see with. You know, I think now we can buy databases worth of estimating data for $40,000. But how, how long is that business model going to last? I think at some point it's going to be uh, it's going to be readily available online. Even some of the more, uh, you know, industrial focused stuff in the niche that we're in. Yes, yes. Um, there are a couple of products. I think it's National Estimator. This is not a, an advertisement for them. Sure. But they put out a whole suite of products for like $135 a year, which is fairly comparable to me. So what, I'm just emphasizing what you're saying. Yeah, says, yeah. The competition comes along. That's practically free right there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's almost free. Uh, <clears throat> the um, the other thing, like we, I was talking about the means, is we used to have, uh, uh, I used to have to go down to a union hall or business organization in Philadelphia, get labor rates and pull everything together. Now I can get on a CD all the labor rates for any, almost any uh, locale mm -hmm. in the United States. So that, that is a tremendous time saver. And, and, it, and plus you, when you do an estimate, you can always say, tell the client, well, see, this is, this is where I got my, uh, um, my data right there. So it, mm -hmm. it comes from, uh, uh, you know, an industry standard database. So uh, but that, yeah. that's the standardization, I think is another thing that's been a great improvement and really 
really very helpful as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Sure. Who, uh, who, what CDs are those you're mentioning? Oh, that's the means labor rates. Oh, that's they, means. Okay. Yeah. You know, not an advertisement, but it's available. I'm sure other people have it. The government has rates, but I find it's worth to every year I buy that means uh, CD right. on my computer. And I just use that for labor rates whenever I develop an estimate any place, United States or Canada. Okay, excellent. And we'll put a link to any resources. Uh, we'll put a link to them in the show notes so, so that the people listening can uh, go find it for themselves as well. What what other tools are you uh, using in your profession? Well, of course, uh, I use um, Capital Cost Estimator from Aspen Tech. And that, that is all that I use. Uh, I, I build everything in, in Aspen, and uh, that's my main that's my only estimating tool, mm-hmm. frankly. Uh, the other sources that I have, I know uh, one of your questions was, I, I think I recommend for anybody starting out the uh, planning and estimating and control of chemical construction projects by Pablo Navarrete and William Cole. These are two fellows I worked with back, back at FMC. Oh, they cool. put together really a good, uh, a good project control tool, and they also give you a lot of good tips, especially at the conceptual end parametric estimating uh, okay and you so said that was pablo uh, that's pablo navaretti and william c cole i i should send you that information okay we'll do that and uh, the other thing that i i use is uh the uh, compass international that okay how is that i've been looking at that yeah i you know i find that to be very good uh that uh John McConville worked with me. It's interesting that these resources worked with me back at FMC. Is that and, right? Yeah, that's right. So, and I see a lot of these names too. You know, they're always on po- LinkedIn posting things, and and I see their names on the uh, on the yeah. products that they put out. Right, and, and even some yeah. AACE uh, white papers and things like that. These guys all right. have their names on them. Right, and John John was very good at uh, pulling information from other people. You know, knowing uh, knowing the sources and how to get information. So he went off and developed his his Compass International, and pulls together a lot of information from all over the world into that Compass book. And uh, I find uh, when I do my detailed, you know, location factors and so forth, and then I go back and check his book and. More often than not, he's right on the money. So it's very, very powerful. I I recommend that. And also, uh, I um, use the uh, AACEI, whatever their name is today, the American Association of Cost Engineers. It was at once time, and it probably changed yesterday in Nashville. So they have their recommended practices, particularly for uh, estimating that I I highly recommend. Uh, And so they... um, especially the uh, uh, I should send you the, the link I put it down and then I've lost it here but the uh, the recommended practices for estimated classification is very powerful yeah I'm, uh, I'm actually familiar I'm a member and and so I get uh, access to the to the knowledge base there yeah so you know that the, yeah you're, you're absolutely right though that's one of the things that I've probably used more uh, than any other resources that I that I have well you know I've, I've uh, I started that estimating department at that engineering company when we first met 
Yes. And so, so to, to generate the, uh, we didn't have a, a, an SOP necessarily, right. but to, to, in order to, to come up with some kind of guidelines, some kind of standards that we could use that I could pass out to the uh, estimators, I actually went and, and basically uh, gleaned straight out of the recommended practices from AACE. Right. The other thing I recommend for all estimators, especially for young folks starting out, is that they attend their local, local AACEI meetings. I agree. Uh, it's a great deal of knowledge there. Uh, sometimes I'll sit through the a presentation and say, well, I knew all this stuff and so forth. And then you get that one gem that was well worth just going out that night and, and learning sure. somebody's perspective on how they do their work. Sure. So I find them to be quite valuable. Yeah, we actually have the uh, the project controls symposium coming up in November for the Houston uh, oh, for the Houston chapter. Yeah, and I'm actually on the um, uh, on the planning committee for that. Good, good. I'm looking for speakers. If you need, <laughs> looking for a reason to come back down to Houston. Okay, it's in November. <laughs> it is in November. We can talk yeah. about that offline but yeah sounds uh, good yeah yeah big fan of big fan of AACE and everything that they do so you mentioned standardization uh, a minute ago um, explain to me what kind of standardization uh, you're, you're referring to exactly uh, well that was uh, talking about the standardization of, of the data mm -hmm. which, uh, uh, when we have common databases like the um, means labor rates, mm -hmm. uh, their units and so forth. Uh, the other thing, of course, the that's what I like about the Aspen um, capital cost estimator. Mm -hmm. It starts from a standard database. And I find that more and more contractors and owners are using it, mainly contractors. So if I go in and check an estimate, then I know that they're coming from that standard uh, capital cost estimator database. And then, I, and then they can describe to me how they put productivity and uh, indexing on uh, labor and material. And they can describe to me their philosophy and how they maintain their indexing, as, you know, for escalator updating and so forth. So uh, at least, but we all, but I know that they're all coming from, from that standard uh, capital cost estimate, estimator database. That, that's very important. That's the power of the tool. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're the way we met, is because I attended your advanced training for Aspen Capital Cost Estimator. That's how we, we met the first time. And um, uh, you you obviously know the the program frontwards and backwards. It's it's really great to to get in and, and learn from a guy like you who 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 can explain everything in in uh, detail and in, in simplified fashion. Uh, how have you seen this tool evolve over time? Uh, the, um, they basically laid down a good foundation with a good database. And even from the very beginning, it was very uh, complex that you could build subcontracts and so forth. But where it uh, was a little awkward or difficult to use was that user interface and so that you could make your own adjustments to it and also make, make reports. Uh, actually, when it first came out, all you had was a printed report. You got a stack of paper that was about as high as the ceiling. But now uh, they've, they've made the user interfaces much, much better. You're quite good. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. And the reports are, are excellent now. So, uh, and, and they allow the user to, like, you can put in your own uh, 
your own insulation tables and so forth, and how your company defines the specifications. So you can you can customize the database uh, and the uh, and the, the algorithms of how the system calculates to, to match what your company does. So there there's really no reason not to uh, not to make it fit your company. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, you know I always preach that you don't make uh, adjustments off the spreadsheet. You make the adjustments inside the program, and it's got these great tools, where I call them knobs, where you can tune the program to really uh, build your plant the way your your way your company operates. Yeah, and I hate to admit it, but I'm I'm totally guilty of <laughs> things outside the box, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to, you know, especially when yeah. you're when you're in a culture that that that's just the way they do things too, you know. So yeah. It's it's tough, but I but I do everything in the box. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Well, good. Um, what do you think? Uh, going back to your training, what do you think the best methods of learning estimating are? You know, um, <clears throat> when I give a training course, they people say, "Well, how long do you think will take take us to get this up and estimating?" And and I say, "Well, and, and be able to use it as a tool." And I tell people in the course. Well, the best thing to do, I said, if you follow everything I taught you in the course, you turn it on tomorrow morning and you'll be able to estimate it, estimate with the tool. And I say that and if, and if you try to compare what capital cost estimator uh, calibrate it compared to what you've been doing in the past, all of the conclusion you're going to get out of it is you're going to feel bad about how poorly you've been estimating in the past. So don't <laughs> bother. That's and, true. That's you know, true. You know, the, yeah. This is like riding a horse. The best way is just get on the horse and ride it. <laughs> and, and also <clears throat> for a young person, it's always good to be paired with a mentor who has good experience or a long experience in, in estimating and hopefully capital cost estimator. But I would favor the, the, the long experience in estimating construction that type of thing. Also, as far as somebody starting out, uh, the best way, uh, one of the best background is to have some field experience, have engineering experience versus just um, estimating or clicking keys. Might not be a big advantage. Yeah, I think one of the challenges that we have in the industry now is uh, is uh, there's a there's a vacuum for talent. You know, the, the 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 boomers who really built the whole system that we're all operating in are retiring out. The the millennials coming in now they're getting older, but they're coming in and and they're filling some pretty big shoes with a lot less experience. That's right. It's, and it's completely circumstantial. It's, it's nobody's fault. You know, um, what I see in the organizations that I go into is, is, uh, the, the guys in their, you know, forties to fifties get pulled into middle management. Right. They, they sort of had the skill and, and the, and the know-how that they picked up from the, from the earlier generation. And then the only people left to fill in, uh, sometimes some pretty serious roles, uh, not just estimating, but, but even project management. I, I see guys that are 23, 24 years old, managing $30 million projects. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that rolls out. But I agree with you. I think that once you, once you, pick up some kind of standardized tool. I don't want to, I'm, I'm a Aspen capital cost user myself, but not just to advertise for them. If you, if you pick up some kind of standardized tool and start using it, get on that horse and ride, like you say, you're, you're really going to learn. Uh, it it, it kind of forces you to learn how to do it right. 
you got to, you got to fit into that. You got to fit into the, um, uh, to the box. Uh, like you say, and, and in order to stay in that box, you can't really, uh, y- 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 you have to think about everything. There's, there's going to be cells to fill out that maybe you didn't think about before. There's going to be data you have to get that you didn't think about before. And now you have to populate that data. And now you're thinking about things more holistically as a result of using these standard programs. Right. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> Other thing you touched the point is uh, with folks coming in. Uh, today we have to be generalists. And uh, when I first started estimating, uh, people estimated in silos. So you'd have a like, mechanical estimator, a piping estimator, electrical, and so forth. And you still find that in some, well, in many many companies today, particular contracting. But uh, today you really have to be a generalist and mm-hmm. have, have knowledge of all all those areas. And uh, so I find that's that's the best. The best estimators have a complete understanding of the, all the disciplines and the whole plan and process that they're that they're building. Yeah, that that is true. I think uh, I think in my experience, I've had to I've had to be a generalist, not by choice, but but just because uh, the engineering firms that I work for just kind of plop everything into your lap and say, "Give me a number." You know, right. that's the magic magic phrase, right? I just need a number. <laughs> that's that, right. <laughs> doesn't matter what it is they give you. You know, you're just going to give yeah. them a number. Yeah. yeah. And we're under more competition now. We, the companies don't have big staffs. No. Like they used to. And no. So they, they, want, they want generals. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what are some common misconceptions you think people have about estimating? Uh, well, I, I think uh, the biggest misconception I think that management has is when you give them that number, it's an absolute number, and uh, that's what it's going to be. So again, we have to make it clear that this is just uh, you know the uh, the range that we we're just dealing with the range of numbers, and we have to give them the risk. Of, you give them a range. Uh, I generally, I don't, but I do. I do give them a range, and what I find is that when people give a range, they, it's management thinks it's an absolute range. You know, it's a hundred percent. When I try to explain them, no, there is a chance that you can still overrun. You know, you still my upper range would be like still you still got a ten percent risk of overrunning the upper range. So that the, in a the best case plus, scenario, the plus or minus range is what people most misunderstand and yeah great creates confusion yeah and i really like the uh aace ranges better yes. than what most organizations do most organizations just kind of slap on some you know plus minus 10 plus minus 20 plus minus 30 without right. really giving it any conscious thought and quite frankly uh you know one of the misconceptions that i see is that uh, uh organizations management, whoever it is that needs that number, uh, they're, they misunderstand that accuracy level or level of effort. And so they think if, if we just work real hard, then we'll be so accurate. Right. The closer we're at plus or minus 10%. Uh, and I've had people say that with zero definition work done, we haven't identified tie points, we haven't identified load capacities in MCCs. We haven't necessarily identified, we, we haven't necessarily marked up a PNID, but because we worked real hard on putting this model together, uh, we must have a plus minus 10% estimate. And that's, that's kind of the 
stuff that I run to quite often. That, that's a, so, so do I. That, uh, as we well know, it's not the it's not how hard you and I work to put the estimate together. It's, it's <laughs> what that scope of work is. The other thing I have the. Uh, uh, the rule of thumb, there's nothing more inaccurate than a CAD takeoff. You know, if you take, get information from a CAD, then they put a, a takeoff allowance on. Well, if it's if it's a computer and it's absolutely right, why do you put a takeoff allowance in? Well, mm-hmm. because the answer is because it's human beings that put the information into mm-hmm. the CAD system. Just because it comes out of the computer doesn't mean the information that went into that computer is reliable. So That's right. That's absolutely fact, right. I, I have greater confidence in capital cost estimator doing takeoff. <laughs> Because it because it picks up um, things that the that the uh, engineers or the designers don't think about, and it it, sure. it it builds statistics. And sometimes I have more confidence in statistics than I do detailed takeoffs. Sure, sure. So, given all of that, um, how can we as estimators? How can we communicate? How can we communicate most effectively when dealing with these kinds of misconceptions? I have a project manager that comes to me and says, Hey, I just need a number. Here's a, here's a, a, a MTO dump out of the model. Give me a plus or minus 10%. What, what's your approach with handling that kind of situation? Well, you know that, uh, and I, I meant to write that down. And I forgot to do that for the AAC practice. The, um, was it 97, 3R 97, whatever it is, mm-hmm. which has the table that uh, the matrix that, that shows uh, the quality of estimate versus the information and how far your your scoping comes along and whether your PNIDs are done and whether you have a heat material balance and all that. So I think that's the best way to communicate with somebody. Just go down that list and say, well, let's let's look and see what you have, and then check check off the information and where do you stand as far as your scoping development. I find that's the most the most effective way to show somebody where they're standing. Project well, and do you just uh, you just kind of walk them through that in 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 a meeting casually with a, a conversation, or do you have any kind of tool that you break out and say, hey, you know, we'll start checking boxes? No, I just use that tool, and you know, sometimes I would break it out and show it, or you could put it on a slide, or a handout is better because it's mm-hmm. it's really complex, or you, you can just verbally describe it to them. So, okay, now the other rule of thumb that I ask them along, I ask them is how far are you along in engineering? Uh, if you're, uh, if you want to do a, a definitive estimate, a class three estimate, I expect you to be 35% through the development of the project. Mm-hmm. And if they say, well, we're five or ten, I say, well, you're not getting a plus or minus 10% estimate. If yeah. you've got two to three percent of your engineering done, so that and people can understand percentages. Oh yeah, we're only five percent done. Yeah, well, you've got another. 30% go along before you have the type of estimate that you expect from me. So, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great point and a great way to handle that too. Yeah. I agree. So what, what is the most, what is the one topic that you're most tired of hearing about when it comes to project estimating? I guess uh, the thing, the question we always hear is that the, the cost is too high, but I just expect that. I'm o- almost numb to that. that sure. and, then, and the problem is that we have, as you're saying, we have people moving through management. Every five years, we have a, uh, a new set of managers that we have to educate uh, about probabilities and, and costs and 
indirects and how it's all built up. So I guess that that's what that's what we hear most of. And mm-hmm. I don't get I don't get tired of it because it's expected. It's just it's another thing, the checklist on the uh, on the estimate review. Yeah. So, sure. Sure. Uh, that, that's right. And then and we've just, we've discussed the uh, risk element of it that people uh, don't appreciate that. And those are the probably the two the two points. <laughs> Okay. Well, good. Um, so well, I think we can wrap up now. I got, I got the toughest question of all. And, uh, uh, what's your best single piece of advice that you would give those just starting out in cost estimating? Oh, you always have to, um, through your career or in any career, you, you can't be stuck in the past because we we're in a very fast moving industry right now. And uh, so if you, as people uh, get stuck, you know, get stuck in the old ways of doing things, I think maybe the best example is that I have when computers first came out, uh, I was doing uh, my expense report and uh, we always done, we'd done expense reports with pencils and papers and pens and on a piece of paper. So I spent all day trying to make the computer match the, the uh, paper form. So it looked exactly like, and would come out exactly like we had worked on it in pencil and papers. I'd spent all day on that. And then I finally said to myself, well, how stupid you are. Make it look like it came out of a computer. And in 15 minutes, I had my expense report done. So <laughs> the thing is, we can't get stuck in the past and with the old tools. And I even find with, with, you know, with spreadsheets and so forth, that people still, they do on spreadsheets what they still did with pencils and papers back then. Sure. And we have to use the tool to its maximum potential. That's why I always say stay inside the box. Stay inside also, the box. Stay inside the box. Use, use the tool for what it is. And also... Uh, be a generalist. See, see the whole picture. Don't don't just estimate the foundation, but how does that foundation fit into the overall project? Even if you're, if that's your only assignment to do that one foundation, you know, and estimate civil on this project. How do, how does that fit into the overall uh, project? And then also always challenge the data that's given to you. Don't just accept that it comes along correct and look look, look holistically at the project. Be a generalist. Excellent. Very good. Well, Harvey, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I think this is really good information that, uh, that the listeners will, will enjoy and, and can use in their careers as they grow. Um, like I said, I'll have everything in the show notes for everyone to, uh, to link. It'll be links in the show notes so everybody can chase it down on the internet. And uh, if you want, you can, uh, you can provide your contact information. Uh, if you, okay. you want to allow people to get a hold of you. Sure. And uh, and uh, that's it. Okay. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right. Appreciate what you're doing. I look okay. forward to your podcast. Well, thanks for the support. I appreciate that. Okay, Rob. Have a good afternoon. You too, Harvey. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye now. Well, that was our show. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I really want to thank Harvey for being on and sharing with us uh, the value that he brings in his experience. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can go to our website. Uh, be sure and subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. 
Let the world know you enjoyed the show. Uh, I'm Rob Williams, your host. This has been Innovate Industrial Project Management, a.k.a. Innovate IPM. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye now.